Welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. Hello, how are you? I hope you're having a lovely day. I am really excited about today's episode. Before I get into the episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a little bit of a mini contest at for the um, start of every one of these podcasts. So basically, what I really would love from you is podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts. So all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, you go into the app and you go onto the It Starts With A Click podcast and then if you scroll all the way to the bottom you can write a review. If you leave me a review during season two, so throughout these 10 episodes, and if you send me a message on Instagram at Olivia Bossett to let me know that you have, I will enter you into a raffle where one person will win 30 minute free coaching call with me um, to talk about their fashion photography career. So like I said, Apple Podcasts, go write a review, send me a little message on Instagram saying that you've done it, so just so that I know, and um, and I'll enter you into the raffle. So I'm really excited about that. I feel like it's a really cool opportunity for me to help you guys and for you guys to help me by boosting me in the rankings for Apple Podcasts because reviews are one of the ways that we get noticed. So yes, thank you so much in advance if you do that and I will be forever grateful and good luck. So today's podcast episode is with Sam Charles from Float Digital. She is an SEO expert and I have known Sam for a few years. She actually lives near me in Cornwall and runs her own business. She's the same age as me and this girl is a genius. She knows so much about anything to do with websites, everything to do with SEO. She works with some of the biggest companies in the entire world from Cornwall and she blew my mind with her knowledge. There is so much in this episode and it's a long one. Um, So I'm really, really excited because I think you're going to learn a lot of stuff. I'm also going to add a lot of the resources that she mentioned into the show notes of this podcast. So if you want to go and find any of the links to any of the things that she's mentioned, make sure you go to my blog, www.oliviabossett.com forward slash podcast or podcast. Oh, I need to. I'm going to say that again, guys. I'm going to say that again. OliviaBossett.com forward slash blog. You will find the podcast there. I will link it to you in the actual show notes of the show as well. Um, and I think that's all I've got to say. Oh, no. One little, little thing to say. <laughs> the, at the start of us recording, my dog Milo was having a field day and he was trying to get my attention the whole time. So you might hear a bit of like playing in the background and occasionally he like chewed a few things it does stop he does eventually go to bed and throughout the most of the podcast he's quiet but just so you know if you hear weird noises in the beginning that's what it is um we also had to record this together in person so i think that the volume is slightly lower than it normally is on my episodes so for that i'm sorry um i'm still getting used to all this podcasting and learning how to use all this kit so I hope that it is a good enough recording and I really hope that you learn a lot from this just as much as I learned while having the conversation okay let's jump in now hi Sam 
Hi, Olivia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to this. We were supposed to be doing a shoot just before doing this, and then both of us realised that the cafe we were going to go to (laughs) is shut. (laughs) So we've rescheduled that for tomorrow, but I'm really excited to still be doing this anyway. Um, Can you tell everyone a bit about yourself and how you got into your career? Sure. So I think it probably all started about 10 years ago. Um, and I was actually studying photography for fashion and advertising, funnily enough. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. yeah, in a, a former life. Um, so I was studying photography and it was just something I naturally progressed into. Um, and something just didn't fit right. And I fell out of love with shooting mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to get back into it. And then I thought, actually, that's not the problem. The problem was that I had gone down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, and as I was reading books and studying for fashion and advertising, I started to realise that advertising is actually what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, and it's almost like the penny dropped just straight away. I knew what I'd done. I realised everything was pointing in the right direction. And I very hastily <laughs> withdrew from my degree during my second year at university. Where were you studying? Um, Newport. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, it, it was a good course uh, and I was enjoying it yeah. and the people and I just moved into a new house the Aww. second year um, but I just knew straight away what had happened and mm-hmm. how I had just kind of naturally been progressing through photography mm-hmm. um, I kind of hadn't explored different areas and what I actually wanted to do yeah so I ended up um, switching degrees, um, studying advertising, uh, and then tried to get some experience just working in a web agency. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as I was kind of progressing through trying to get a different job um, and explore advertising and explore these different avenues, I think was really important. Yeah. Um, I stumbled onto SEO yeah. um, through copywriting and yeah, I just loved it. Um, and I didn't think it was an area I was going to go down because mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to do something more like print or TV or mm-hmm. packaging. Um, but just the analytics and the numbers and seeing the results is really satisfying. So Cool. Yeah. It's funny because I'm the complete opposite. Like everything for me is about the visuals and the photography mm. and then all the back end stuff is the stuff that I hate. Yeah, it's so funny because I came from that yeah so I can completely understand I used to have all these sketchbooks and mm-hmm. I was quite quite an arty person I mean even this morning I've been at a botanical illustration workshop wow. so yeah it's I'm quite a creative person mm. so people will usually say you're either analytical or you're creative yeah um but I'm I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of both yeah I can see that in myself too mm. like all the business stuff I, I definitely get a kick out of that yeah um, which helps so exactly mm. and I think when you're running a business, you need to have be wearing multiple hats, don't you? So yeah. um, it does help that enjoying both of them and getting satisfactions from from both analytical um, kind of projects and then also being able to be creative. Yeah. So whilst I was working, I worked at different agencies, mm-hmm. um, kind of moving about, doing a little bit of social, yeah. um, but mostly working on SEO and copywriting. Um, and then eventually about three and a half, four years ago, I set up on my own. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's kind of led me to where I am now. It's Amazing. been a whirlwind of a, of a past few years, yeah. but it's been good fun. And then let's talk about SEO. So obviously you're an expert in this. What, what even is SEO and why should we care about it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Um, so what that is, is to make sure that your website um, is search engine friendly mm -hmm. um, and it encourages uh, traffic from Google. Mm -hmm. uh, so people to come onto your website. So when we're talking about SEO, we're talking about the, the organic results is what we call them. Um, when you first Google something and it's the main 10 results you see on the page, not the adverts at the top, which are Google ads. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, there's lots of different pillars within SEO, which mm -hmm. I, I guess we'll delve into each parts of those today um but there's definitely some bits that are, are around content which um i'm going to be able to give some hopefully helpful tips and insights on yeah. how you kind of work that into the website um to make sure that you can get that visibility and ultimately get more traffic and clients amazing that's exciting <laughs> that's what we all want is more traffic and more clients yeah. so we're fashion photographers. Everyone who's mm -hmm. listening to this is mostly fashion photographers. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of everyone, but 99% of people. Mm -hmm. And what are the best ways for people like us to boost our SEO? Bearing in mind that most fashion photographers' websites are very image heavy, don't mm -hmm. have necessarily a lot of text. Um, I have a blog on mine, so I use my blog, but not everyone does. Mm -hmm. Should they, shouldn't they? Um, and what can we do to boost our SEO? So I actually work with photographers quite a lot. Um, so luckily I've, I've got quite a bit of um, relevant experience that hopefully I'm gonna be able to, to draw on a little bit. Um, especially when it comes to, as you were saying, about being quite image heavy. Yeah. Um, that's the bit that sometimes can be quite difficult working mm -hmm. with because we like a lot of text as SEOs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first and foremost thing that you can be doing is writing content. Um, so if you start researching SEO and looking into things, you're going to be able to very quickly overwhelm yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's lots of different pillars. And yeah. even when you've been working in it in ten for 10 years and you're an expert in it, um, there's still areas that people specialize in, mm -hmm. um, technical for SEO, for example. Um, it can get very tricky. It's something that you don't need to master. It's not necessary and your time would be wasted really. Um, delving into that too much when actually the quickest and best rewards you're going to get um, if you, you say want to dedicate half an hour a week or something like that instead of um, bogging yourself down and worrying about code and things like that take gentle easy steps where you can get into the mind of somebody that may be a future client or somebody that you want to get through to your website okay and think how are they going to search yeah and get into their shoes um what are they going to be searching for yeah um so i always tell people to get pen and paper out get away from the computer and start okay. thinking that way start speaking to your friends and family and saying if you were going to search for this what kind of words would you use yeah um look at your competitors as well okay what kind of language are they using mm -hmm. um so this way it allows you to develop your thoughts a little bit more and de uh, that vocabulary you can develop as well okay. um and that's really really important because that's where things get a little bit strategic mm -hmm. um a lot of people say i want to come up for photographer location yeah so london for example london photographer loads of people are going to be going after yeah, that that's a big one so, yeah <laughs> that's what i want yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so what what we would do in that situation is say okay that's going to be a long-term goal yeah but what we're going to do in the meantime is look at how we can build you um your authority yeah. um and make sure that google trusts you so start writing informative topics um that are 
going to be interesting for your users, um, but also getting some key phrases in there. They might have less searches, so what questions do I ask a fashion photographer or something like that? Yeah. Um, You know, there may only be 10, 20 people searching that a month. Yeah. Um, But as they come through and they stay on your site and they're delving through uh, and and exploring your pages, Mm -hmm. um, that's going to help... your website won't be static. You'll be uploading new blog posts, really important. Yeah. And you can start working towards those steps to, to get that ultimate key phrase. Okay. I have a question about this because one of the, the fashion photography is very weird and mm-hmm. it's got quite a lot of like specific things that we almost like do and don'ts. Mm-hmm. And for people who I'm, for example, trying to target, it's mainly art directors, creative directors, people who work in big brands and who who are pretty knowledgeable about the mm. industry already. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like for me, I don't want to write blog posts about how much people should be expecting to pay for a photographer or almost like patronizing content. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They're not at yeah. the start of their journey. They're not someone who's on their own sitting behind their computer sort of wondering whether to hire a photographer or not. They know why they should hire a photographer and they know what they want. Yeah. So what kind of content should I be writing for those people? Is it just behind the scenes blogs? Because that's what I'm doing at the moment is just, you know, sharing a blog post with my new work, writing something about it. How do you still show up in in search engines but for people who already know they don't need the how-to posts so that one's really interesting actually Mm. um and off the top of my head what i would do is i would still start thinking what would they be searching yeah how are they starting that beginning of that process yeah um they are going to be searching very different things so you won't want to have those how-tos you won't want to have those basic guides um so if I eat, would struggle right at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, then what I do is actually go to one of those people, yeah. go to somebody that you've worked with in the past mm-hmm. and say, hey, if you were, you know, have a real candid conversation with mm. them, really relaxed and just say, what kind of key phrases, like not too even tough. key phrases, yeah. even then that kind of already yeah. makes it too technical. Yeah. Just, just what would you search for? Yeah. Um, and it'll start spiraling off and oh, you'll you have all build these different phrases. Yeah. That's really um, good advice. So yeah, it's just trying to work out exactly what it is they're searching. And I can completely get on board with what you're saying because because um, I have the same thing. Uh, we, we tend to work yeah. with quite enterprise clients now. Yeah. Um, so we're not really answering questions within our blog post, what is SEO and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm thinking a company like Vodafone, for example. Yeah. I'm like, how are they choosing their SEO yeah, agency? Yeah, yeah. Um, and through the organic route, yeah. Um, yeah, you want to be looking at things that are going to be a bit more high level. So it's yeah. just developing a different strategy. So mm-hmm. that's why that kind of pen and paper bit right at the beginning yeah. is so, so important. It's so funny because we forget to do that, don't we? Yeah. We forget to just be like, right, put the computer away, mm-hmm. put Google away, mm. <laughs> which is ironic. Yeah, exactly. what we're talking about. But it's put so Google weird. away and just think for a minute, what, uh, what would I do if I was an art director? or Vodafone or whoever yeah. I was what would I be doing and yeah it's simple probably there'll be there'll be things they're searching for that you can come up on the top of your head with exactly or just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone has a client on here that they're friendly with or feel comfortable enough yeah. with that they could say to them I'm doing some research mm-hmm. I want to figure out how to improve my SEO on my website when you search for people 
what do you search for exactly. and where do you search yeah. for them so because they won't even have to really think about it because they'll just answer. they'll just do it yeah um and that's what you want just a real natural and even if they can only give you a couple of words it's something yeah and it sets you off in the right direction and the the great thing that I actually do love about my job is that I work with so many different people and companies and mm. different areas. So I've worked with 300, um, 350 companies to date. I think wow. that's the last time I checked. Yeah. Um, so often people people do ask what kind of content should I be writing yeah um, and even if I do have experience to draw on for example photographers it can still be difficult because your situation and your targeting is going to be so different to people that I've worked with in the past so yeah. off the top of my head it can always be quite difficult but then it's that interesting thing of going back and saying okay a lot of people open their laptops to wordpress or something like that and say how do i get started and I'm like, no 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 like, pull back pull back yeah. <laughs> um but that's also the great thing as well i mean people hire agencies and freelancers and things like that which mm. obviously it's great because they can help get you through a lot quicker and yeah. you know put you in the right direction but the good thing about actually doing it yourself and learning it yourself is you know better than anyone who you're targeting. Yeah. Um, part of all of our processes and agencies is we have to learn and understand. I have to understand engineering oh <laughs> one God. of my clients. Um, but you have to you have to know it, you have to learn it and breathe yeah. it because I have then to get into the, the shoes of the user who will be hiring an engineer. Yeah so it's um, really hard yeah it's tricky so you know you end up having all these weird little bits of knowledge of law and <laughs> accountancy and everything Useful. Where you've, yeah it is mm. it's, it's kind of interesting especially it comes up um, in conversations that you say i know something very odd and weird that might be helpful <laughs> we could at a pub quiz yeah <laughs> good at trivia yeah <laughs> so like now obviously we we love pen and paper and we've said that that's really mm -hmm. good but there are tools yes that you can use what kind of tools do you recommend that we use so once you've done your pen and paper yeah <laughs> um the great thing is then you will have a list of key phrases um and then you can get that into your computer or whatever um but then i recommend using a few tools um i've mentioned these online before so you might have heard of them um as well because they're, they're quite popular tools um so i use something called answer the public mm -hmm. really really great tool i believe we've spoken about it before as yeah. well um but it's great you can just put in a key phrase into that and it will give you so many options of things to write can you give about. an example of a key phrase in case anyone's confused about what that means yeah so what it is um, is you put in for example photographer yeah and then it will spill out all of these questions um what is a, a photographer um well that that's a very basic one yeah. but it will have all these different variations or where's the best place to find a photographer mm. what how things much does it cost know? to hire a photographer yeah, yeah exactly and it will it'll spill out thousands um for something quite broad like photographer mm -hmm. um and even i put something really niche in the other day um i think it was natural homemade skincare wow so very, very specific, uh, or making it even, I think I was even more specific than that. Um, and it actually still managed to give me about 30 to 40. Wow. Um, which when it's that niche and specific, it's a, it's a very good tool. And then what you can do is export it. Mm -hmm. And that's why at begin the beginning, getting all these key phrases is so important and just spilling it all onto the page. Because then what you do is you go into these tools, like Answer the Public, and then it gives you so much more. And then from there, you just think, 
Oh my gosh. Okay, now we can go off and branch into this area and yeah. this area, and it starts then actually making life a lot easier. It does. It can get overwhelming though. It can. Then you can see how much there is, and it's like how where do you choose, and what do you actually decide to create content on or focus on based off of all this information and all this research you've done. If you get like if you don't get a very niche topic where there's only thirty. Yes. When you've got like if you type in <laughs> photographer, you're gonna get hundreds and thousands of answers yeah so So the thing is try not to get overwhelmed by it Mm -hmm. um what i do is i i separate them into buckets of key phrases okay and say okay all these key phrases are are relatively similar um they're all around for example cost or they're all around um a certain location even yeah things like that so i i kind of allocate them into these buckets um, because what the aim will be to do mm-hmm. is to essentially have a page for each key phrase you want to rank for. Okay. And I always say this with a pinch of salt because I've said it to somebody before and they did come back with hundreds of pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were a wedding planner in, in London. Well, they, luckily they hadn't actually done it, but they, they had the idea of, um, putting all these pages out of uh, Wedding Planner London, London, Luxury Wedding Planner London, and all the variations. Yeah. Um, so that's not what you'll be doing, um, but you will have a page for, for the, for example, in, in her scenario, it was a wedding planning page. Um, and then a styling page would be a separate bucket of key phrases. Okay. So it's just separating them out. Um, so the best thing is, is usually what you would expect to see category pages category pages are the, the important ones in SEO and this that is on people websites. draw back to. Yeah. Okay. So if you're trying to think, well, what are my buckets? A lot of the time, if you look at your own menu, yeah. it'll actually already be okay. kind of there for you. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at other websites and get a bit of an idea. But those those running themes, they'll be your buckets. Okay. Um, so you can kind of separate them out a little bit. Uh, don't worry too much about making sure that every key phrase is done. I mean, I get clients to review key phrase documents and I say, don't worry about going through meticulously. Yeah. Just glance your eye over, just kind of chuck them in the right areas. Well, we do that part, but you know, make sure everything you're happy with. Yeah. Um, and then once you've got all of that, we uh, log into Google Ads. Okay. Um, so even if you're not familiar with using Google Ads, um, it's free to create an account. Mm-hmm. Um, it might ask for your bank details, um, but if you just put them in to get past, it will not charge your account. Yeah. So feel confident in doing that. Um, it They will not take any money off you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, once you do get into Google Ads, um, you'll be able to get search volume data, which is really important because okay. then you can see uh, if there's appetite. Um, okay. So then what we do is we pop in some of those key phrases. You can upload a file even with lots of terms in. Okay. And it will say, okay, 10 people are searching for this each month mm. or... 100 people are searching for this and then you might go okay if it's maybe 20,000 people mm. I can only assume it's going to be very competitive and yeah. everyone's want to go go after that key phrase but you know you want to look at something that's got appetite there mm. um but then just do a bit of googling and see who you're coming up against and okay. say okay can I create a better page than that or is there a gap yeah. Um, am I coming up against perhaps government websites or educational websites that I'm not going to stand a chance against in reality? Yeah. Do I cut my losses and move on to something that's actually going to be a bit more niche, mm. less people are searching for, but I'm going to get that that um, movement. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So once you've got the key phrases and you've chosen the key mm-hmm. phrases you're going to use, what do you do with them? 
Yeah, so at that point, hopefully you've got all your key phrases mm-hmm. um, and, and you're happy with um, what type of content you're thinking of creating. I usually suggest um, that people optimize their core category pages. So those core landing pages that are really important to them. Which are? Um, so um, depending on your key phrase research, okay. uh, you'll you'll have some key phrases that I'm sure for your you uh, for example you'll have um, a London page. So okay. um, those pages would be very important. You can do some local SEO, which we can talk about as well. Okay. Um, and then there might be certain types of fashion photography that you do. Um, so photographers for agencies as well mm. for for creative agencies. I would imagine off the top of my head, there will be a small amount of search volume for that. Okay. So I'd create a page for that specifically. Okay. And that they'll not only um, enable you to rank for that key phrase, mm. um, but it'll also really speak to your audience when they do land on your page. Okay. Um, so yeah, sure, it might only be 10 people, but if they're 10 creative directors, then who cares? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's totally worth it. Um, and then you've got a beautiful bit of curated content then mm. um, with the right imagery that's going to speak to them because you know who's landing on that page mm-hmm. um, and the right content that's hopefully going to answer any questions that will enable them to get to the next step to that call to action to to get in touch with you okay um so yeah i'd think about that and then if you've got any um more of those kind of questions like we were talking about on answer the public mm. um you can put that kind of stuff in a blog mm-hmm. um those pages will perform just as well as any other pages. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a great way to add content to your site um, without having it overfill your menus or anything like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time when I talk about adding content to pages, um, websites, people say, oh no, we can't do that because the menu will be overloaded and it will change the structure of the site. And yeah. it's not necessary to have it in that way. Um, it, it can just sit um, within another piece of content yeah. or within a blog. Cool. Yeah, that's what I do is I tend to like make blog posts depending yeah. on a new topic I want to rank for or something I want to show up for. Yeah. I will just make a blog post about it or make sure that exactly. it's included within the blog post somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And as long as you've got that dedicated space for that uh, yeah. key phrase, and that's the most important thing. What we see quite a lot is keyword cannibalization. Okay. And what that means is if you have perhaps a page um, that you're targeting a specific key phrase for, and then you create another page like that, that mm-hmm. sometimes happens in blogging because people, their strategy is a bit loose and they just think, for example, oh, I'll start writing about this. Mm-hmm. What that does is actually confuses Google. And they right. say, okay, there's two pages that could be relevant. And what you'll notice when you search for something is they won't show multiple pages from one domain usually. They right. like to show just one multi- yeah, one page from mm. one domain and then show multiple domains right. to give the user a variety of choices. Yeah. So if it can't choose between the two, it will choose neither. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, banging on about pen and paper is why it's so important. Yeah. Because, you know, for that to happen... Uh, it's not something you should be freaking out about or worrying mm. about but it's um often when I, I look at a site that somebody might want to rank for fashion photographers so they just splatter it all over their website yeah or they say oh i'm just going to create another blog post that's you know targeting that key phrase and that can actually make things worse right so it's just um being really focused is i guess the the lesson there is to just really hone in on a particular key phrase for a page and really make it 
uh, lots of people do guides guides are a great way of doing it yeah. really long form content really good yeah um so lots of material in there uh as long as it's informative and it's just not text for the sake of text yeah yeah and don't want to be a lot of people used to do like keyword stuffing where they just oh yeah even like make the text um blank so you couldn't see it but they would just hide yeah the yeah. keywords in that's like don't do that <laughs> yeah don't do that so that's good black hat seo so yeah, yeah they're um they're the google quality guidelines which is essentially common sense yeah it's, it's good just practice. yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's just don't try and deceive users yeah. um and search engines and yeah, as long as you don't follow those practices, because yeah, um, they can kick you off of Google, which people, when they find out, they go, what? <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny, because my next question was about bad practices that you mm. see, and I think you've kind of covered that. Is there anything else that you know yeah, of? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes people don't intend to, to be manipulating uh, the algorithm, and they'll mm. say, you know, can we put white text on a white background or something like that? And... Um, it's just things like that. Just try and be as as clear and transparent as you can. Um, you can read the guidelines online if you want. I mean, they're actually not that heavy. They're just a few bullet points. Um, but really, you probably would be going out of your way to be doing it. So you're not going to accidentally do it. Yeah. Um, but what you were saying about keyword stuffing, that's um, kind of like a gray area. Okay. Because... You want to mention your key phrase as much yeah. as possible. You definitely don't want to stuff, though. No. Um, so what my kind of rule is if i read it and it sounds natural and it doesn't sound like i've put it in intentionally yeah. i don't shoehorn key phrases in then it's fine um and that's why i actually find having an old piece of content and trying to optimize it is worse than mm. writing a new piece of content yeah because um, you're forcing key phrases in that won't yeah. naturally work so just reread that content back um, if you're reading it back and suddenly the word fashion photographer doesn't sound right in your head anymore, you've probably said it too many times. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just include it naturally, um, but then without overwhelming the content. Amazing. That's really helpful. Um, so I asked in the Facebook group if anyone had any questions and a few people did ask. Um, and one of the questions was from Anna who said, how can you do effective SEO when everyone is trying to use the same higher ranking keywords or keywords that are too obvious? Yeah, so this is my favorite part about SEO is this key phrase research because that's the bit that you can really get an angle on um, and small companies or freelancers can really get an edge over their competitors. Mm. Um, Because what a lot of the time large companies uh, don't have is the time to be developing certain strategies and it just kind of goes amiss um, or they forget to review it. Um, I actually uh, intend, I try to do uh, key phrase research if I can, just not a lot, but a little bit every three months or so. Okay. Um, Always developing it. It's a working uh, piece of content. Mm. It's a working document and you can keep going back to it Mm -hmm. and always throw in new key phrases and ideas, um, even brands that you might resonate with that aren't even in your industry okay um so that's always an interesting one as well but hopefully you should be able to get the edge over your competitors that way and it can be a little bit disheartening sometimes at first when you say to people we're not going to go for your hero key phrases that gets thousands of searches a month we're going to start really low down Mm. and we're going to be 
we're aiming for you know 10 searches a month those types of key phrases yeah but we'll be targeting maybe four different four pieces of content in a month mm. um for somebody that is pushing it and then if they're 10 searches for each so then we're up to 40 and then we're doing that on a monthly basis yeah so that all accumulatively will yeah. grow um but the idea is is to gain that traffic to gain that trust organically mm. excuse the pun <laughs> that it will actually just organically grow mm-hmm. um to having that trust having that authority having people dwell on your page yeah. um and then that's how you get more and more difficult key phrases um and then you'll continue to keep going until you eventually end up pitching for a key phrase that you didn't think was going to be be possible mm-hmm. and just working your way through those steps um and monitoring is really important as well okay how so, can they monitor that um i recommend that everybody puts google analytics on their website yeah um so if you haven't got it installed already then to just get it on there and some people it really freaks them out but at least if it's on the site uh then you can when you're comfortable and you're ready and you might want to spend say an hour one friday afternoon yeah. just sit down and force yourself to go through it um then at least it's got all the data there mm. and something for you to work with um but the, the thing with google analytics is you you can't really break it um yeah, sure. so you can do lots of clicking around lots of playing um i recommend google search console though as well okay um because it's a little bit less in depth than google analytics google analytics is great because there's a wealth of um, things yeah. that you can do within there but actually google search console is brilliant which is um, another free tool from google which you can sign up to for free okay um because it will show you your visibility in google it'll give you a little bit of key phrase data mm-hmm. um and it won't give you all that extra stuff that you might not need right it just gives you a nice little overview yeah because analytics can look quite overwhelming it if can. you don't know where to go exactly yeah. yeah and i mean a lot of the times um i just suggest that people just do little segments i go into acquisition yeah and just see where things are coming from mm-hmm. have a click around and and then kind of say okay and take a step back from there and that's how i usually get people started is to just go in mm. maybe if every couple of days just to get used to it yeah. familiar with it um because yeah it can appear overwhelming yeah um i definitely didn't like going on it for years and then probably about three years ago I decided i was gonna figure it out and yeah. I'm by no means an expert at it and I don't, <laughs> but I think I know the things I need to look at to sort of keep an eye on my website, make sure it's not, you know, plummeting or I've not yeah, suddenly got no yeah. traffic for some reason. Um, and I get the odd email from Google saying, oh, this page has got something wrong with it and it'll tell me what to do to fix it. And then it, yeah. it is fixed. So it's really, it's quite clever. It's addictive as well once you get going. <laughs> I can't say I'm addicted, but I bet you are. <laughs> it's when you start seeing things are going up from results of what you've done. Yeah, like, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's really interesting. It's funny because I get that from Pinterest. I've definitely mm. got very good at using Pinterest to my advantage, but I'm not sure I've gotten very good at using Google <laughs> to my advantage. So I need to improve on that. Yeah. Um, one other question that came up in the Facebook group was about um, using image alt tags. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're photographers, so most of our websites are going to be super image heavy and they're going to be the vast majority of the content. Can you explain what alt tags are yes. and how we can use them? 
Yeah, so an image alt tag um, is a, a little bit of code um, that's associated with an image. Um, so it's an attribute. And what it does is it was introduced for the visually impaired yeah. um, and blind users that weren't able to see what the image is. Mm. So they are able to roll over um, and know what that image is. Um, but it does also help Google to understand what the image is. Yeah. So people started stuffing it with key phrases on what they wanted to appear for. And it, initially it worked until Google kind of changed the algorithm a little bit. Um, but it still does work. Um, and I do recommend, uh, especially photographers, yeah. um, to name their files um, with, with key phrases in. Again, the is same... That naming the file before you even upload it? Before you upload it. Right, haven't been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's also the, the kind of, the thing that makes people's hearts sink a little bit, unfortunately, because yeah. once it's up, it has that file name associated with it. Right. So it's a case of taking it down, putting it back up again. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people can can do that quite quickly yeah. through, through kind of bulk processes. Um, so I recommend doing that and obviously compressing the images before they go up, um, which is usually difficult when I have that conversation as well with photographers yeah. because you can lose quality, I know. Um, but the, the, the smallest you can get the image whilst um, maintaining the quality of your work yeah. um, is what we'd recommend. Uh, because the idea is the quicker the website, the better it is for a user experience. And yeah. that's what Google really values. Um, so yeah, to get those images compressed, renamed, and then upload them, and then fill out the alt tag. Um, so what would you rename the file to? Just your name or what's in it? Um, so uh, for the the name of the actual file, yeah. I would have what what the shoot is. Okay. Um, so sometimes locations can be quite good mm. um, if that, that's what you're targeting, or the name of the brand. Again, mm. that would be um, a good one. Um, and then your your kind of uh, whatever key phrase. So for you, it would be your name yeah. uh, or your company name at the end as well. Okay. Um, we try to keep them relatively short, not too long. You don't want to, to um, have extremely <laughs> long file <laughs> names. <laughs> but you can work in getting those key phrases then into the alt tag. So okay. if you're using WordPress, when you upload it, mm. um, you'll have that option there when you're, you're placing your media into your post or okay. your page. Um, but again, just put in exactly what's in the image. At that point, you don't need to put in Olivia or anything like That's that. That's the alt tag. Yeah, yeah, you just put in what that image is. Um, so that is useful for those visually impaired people that are using it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd recommend for alt tags. And also you can optimize bits on the page as well. Okay. So we recommend um, rec uh, optimizing the title tag and the meta description. Yeah. So when you Google something, uh, you'll see a little snippet of text mm -hmm. uh, that has a sentence or two and then the blue text above yeah. and then you click through to that site. Um, the link, the blue text at the top is the title tag. Okay. So that's really helped influence search engines because it tells you what that page is about mm -hmm. and they can instantly identify that. Um, so we pop a key phrase right at the beginning there. Yeah. Um, and then usually put a pipe um, and then the name of your, your website. Uh, and the reason we use a pipe is it's actually done on pixel width rather than characters. What's a pipe? Um, so 
it's like a little symbol that's just a, a straight oh, down I line. Oh, I know the one, yeah. Yeah, so as opposed to a hyphen, okay. um, because it's on pixel width. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so if you keep it below 60 characters, then mm. you should be be within that. Um, but So we do that for the title tag, and then below the meta description, um, that can be up to 149 characters roughly, again, done on pixel width. That, don't worry about putting key phrases in, it's just to okay. entice people to click. Okay. So, yeah, to, to just, that's your little sales pitch, I guess, to right. get somebody to click on your page rather than another result in mm. the, the search results. Um, so yeah, that's where you wanna be putting your key phrases. So optimizing those images, putting them then into um, those little elements there. And you can do that if you're on WordPress using Yoast. Uh, which is a free WordPress plugin. Yeah, and I know Squarespace has that all built in. Yes, Squarespace has it built in at the back, um, and so does Shopify, um, and I think... I'm sure they all nowadays. Yeah, I think they, yeah, I think they actually all do, unless you're on um, a custom CMS. Yeah, I think, I don't know about Wix, I don't know anything about Wix. Wix does, actually. Okay. Um, I... I would always recommend uh, if you're trying to use a plat- choose a platform yeah. um, to go for WordPress um, or Shopify if you sell products. Yeah. Um, Squarespace is, is still a, a good platform. They're quite quick websites and they do have the options to put it in uh, your meta descriptions and your title tags. They're just a little bit less flexible. It's the, the only kind of criticism yeah. um, really. So you will have less options there. Um, Wix, uh, not so much uh, recommended as much as a, a website such as WordPress. Yeah. Um, but if you are already on Wix and you don't want to move away from it, then you have got some options there. Brilliant. So how can we have minimalist looking websites, because that's what most of us want, yeah. but still rank well for SEO? Yeah, so I get asked this a lot all the time or people come to me with a beautiful website and I want to put a wall of text on it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But coming from a creative background as well, I can honestly get that. Um, And I work with a lot of brands um, because I'm very lucky in the fact that I work with brands I want to work with um, and they happen to be, you know, kind of creative brands that have a great uh, vision. Mm. Um, And yeah, a lot of the time that does mean that they're very precious about the type of language they use and and where it will appear on the website. Yeah. Um, and I can completely understand that, that you want someone to land on your images and you don't want words to clutter it. Um, so what we recommend is putting the uh, the content, the text at the bottom of the page okay. um, or spreading it out through um, nice design and kind of having snippets throughout. Okay. Um, but a lot of websites, if you go on Argos, for example, even there you'll notice that at the bottom of the page they have like a footer text almost. Okay. Um, so, and it's, it's not white on white or anything like that, but it's a bit more subtle so mm. that when you land on the page, you see their products first and then it's just more information right. should you want to scroll down and see see more. Um, so that's one way to get around it. Yeah. Um, and also people use um, things such as accordions. So that means it's a, a plugin and it's a way that you visualize text um, or imagery um, where you put a, a drop down menu essentially. Okay. So it's a bar that you then click and it will fold down. Oh, I, yeah. I see them quite a lot, um, kind of frequently asked questions and things like that. So yeah. they have the question and then the, the kind of answer will drop down. So they're quite popular as well. 
Um, as long as it's done again in just a transparent way that you're not hiding content, you're just trying to make it a bit more sleek. Um, so that's fine too. Cool. That's amazing. Well, I feel like I've learned loads. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have so much to go and do now. <laughs> but that's good. I know. Um, that's only like the, the very tip, really. I mean, yeah. once you start going down technical SEO, it can all go a bit... That's a good question. Where can people go and learn more about all this if they're like hearing all this and thinking wow there's so much to this I want to learn more Mm. are there any resources that you recommend because I'm quite curious myself yes so there is loads online and um because in the industry we are all um it's a fierce place to to be trying to compete organically because everyone knows what they're doing and everyone's top of their game Um, oh my god how do you rank well as an SEO expert (laughs) for SEO exactly there is so much SEO content out there so many guides out there um so if you want to start with Google Analytics for example which most people won't want to but the good thing about Google Analytics is there's a whole academy of um soft um of uh presentations Mm. and all that kind of stuff that you can really delve into straight from beginners through to super 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 advanced right um so you've got that which is great um moz is where i send people who are right at the beginning of their seo journey okay um so moz is a very reputable brand um they offer tools um for for people in the industry um it's quite expensive software so i wouldn't recommend anybody dabbling in seo to to get that software mm. but what they do though is they offer so many great guides um, okay. and they do a beginners to seo guide um, and it really talks you through the beginning stuff it, it taps into some of the technical stuff mm. um, but it doesn't force you to delve into it you can kind of go over it and be like oh, okay yeah i kind of get why that's important yeah but i get that why my energy is probably best not placed here right now okay um so then you can kind of jump through these different steps and it all kind of forms together and builds quite a nice little story um so that's that's a good place to start um Ooh. i can send over a link so that yeah. you can well, share I'll that add a link into the yeah. show notes of the blog post um and I think just anywhere online. Um, I, I mean, I'll share a few resources yes, that, that yeah. yeah that are really helpful. Um, but looking at things like optimizing content and yeah. things like that, um, there's some some great little guides out there. Um, I will share also the tools that I use. Again, these are actually uh, like agency paid tools. They are quite expensive. Yeah. So it won't be necessary to purchase them, but the guides that they have that accompany things like that yeah. are so helpful. Um, and I listen as well to, to different podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, which are, are really helpful. Yeah, yeah, that's so, great. So, yeah, I can um, ping that kind of stuff over. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will be very happy to get that. And where can everyone stay in touch with you and learn more about you? Yeah, so um, I, I guess where I'm most active is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So Sam Charles UK um is my twitter handle um and i run a little agency called float digital so we're on instagram and facebook and twitter um so it's just float hype uh, underscore sorry <laughs> float underscore digital um or you can find us at float digital.com amazing thank you so much thank you <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of it starts with a click if you enjoyed it, please come and let me know over on Instagram at Olivia Bossett. That's my handle. 
If you'd like to learn more about fashion photography in general, then head over to my website. It's www.oliviabosswick.com. I blog weekly all about fashion photography, and I also have a huge free resource library, which is full of free downloads. Downloads include a pitching email course, which is a five-part free email course. Um, all about pitching. There's an ebook which is all about using Instagram and Pinterest to market your business. And there's even an email template file of how to pitch yourself it's word for word. It's the email I use when I pitch myself to brands. So go and get that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're using to listen. And make sure that you don't miss future episodes because they're going to be amazing. I will see you next week. Bye!